All right, what's up, friends? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're learning Daf Samachvav of Masech the Shabbos, Daf 66. Uh, yeah, fun page, fun page, fun, fun page. Start with the new Mishnah. We're going to talk about um, you know people who are uh, missing either one or both of their legs, and they either have wooden legs or or, or other uh, things that they use to help them move around. Um, and then on the Amud Beis, on the second part, we're going to get to a new Mishnah on Samach Vav Amud Beis, and then we'll talk about all sorts of, hmm, interesting esoteric <laughs> Agaditas. So, uh, I hope you're in the mood for interesting and esoteric. Um, or if you will be in the mood in about 20 minutes, that also works. So, here we go. Um, all the way at the bottom of Daf, Samach Amud Beis, new Mishnah. Hakitea. Hmm. I didn't look up to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. Kitea. That sounds right. Kitea. Oh gosh. I hope it's right. Hakitea Yotse Bikavshilo Oser. So a kitea, somebody who is missing one leg. Um, so he is permitted to go out if he has like some kind of um wooden leg that uh, he uses to go out with. So he would be allowed to go out with it on on, on Shabbos according to Rabbi Mayer. As Rashi says, Yotzeh Bikavshilo Diminal Didehu. Because it's his shoe. And Rabbi Yossi also, whereas Rabbi Yossi says he cannot go out with this wooden leg. And says Rashi, because it is not a tachshit. It is not an adornment. Therefore, he cannot go out with it. If this um, wooden leg at the top where he connects it to the part of his leg that still uh, remains. So, so if at the top of this wooden leg, there is a receptacle that is able to, that he's able to put like some, uh, uh, fabrics in there, some cushions in there. So it would render the wooden leg, muksher lekabel tuma. Because it, it's, right? Remember, pshute clay eights, right? Just simple wooden things, uh, are not makabel tuma. But if they have a receptacle, then they are makabel tuma. So if there is a receptacle at the top of this wooden leg, and you would be able to put in different kind of soft fabrics in there, and then it would be Mukshala Kabutuma. Smuchos shelo Tmein Midras Vyotin Boyen Bishabis Vinichnasin Boyen Bazar. If this person is missing missing both of his legs, okay, and he has some kind of pads or, or, or something that he puts on the bottom of, of, of the the parts of the leg that that that, that remain so that he can uh, and he leans on those and that's what he uses to get around, right? And to walk on and he puts his body weight on it. So in that case, so the Tumas Tumas Midras, because, right, as we learned the other day, when it comes to Tumas Midras, Midras Tumas Midras is, um, let's say, a Zav. So a Zav, anything he sits on, anything he puts his weight on, so, so that will be, um, so anything that he puts his weight on will be Tame Tumas Midras, becomes an Ava Tumas, just like him. So since these Smuchos, since these, um, you know, what does he say? This, I think it's like leather. Rashi says, Smuchos shelo, smuchos shel kitea. Yesh kitea bishte raglov mahalich al shokav v'al akuvosa v'ose smuchos shel or l'shokav. Bidiuk. He makes these, I don't know, supports made out of leather and that's what he puts his body weight on. So therefore it's, um, mikabel, uh, it's tumas midras because we won't say amod vina asem lachtenu, right? Get up because we need to use these leather things. No, you don't need to use these leather things. These are, you know, meant for him 
putting his body weight on and, and getting around with. And he's not allowed to go out with them. No, I skipped. And he's allowed to go out with them on Shabbos. And at the same time, he is allowed to go into the Azar. He's allowed to go into the base. I mean, even though in the base, as we learned in Masechta Brachos, that you don't go into the base of Mikdash wearing shoes. However, he would be allowed to um, go into the base of Mikdash with these Samuchos because um, they aren't considered shoes. Meaning, sure, he use them, uses them to um, move around. But they're not shoes per se. Kise vismuchos shalo. Let's say he has some kind of um, uh, contraption where he's got some kind of a seat, and then and then he still has these same smuchos on his legs. And then what he does is, so he's like has this small little seat, and he's got these um, leather uh, things that he uses on his feet. But he doesn't want to necessarily. Um, the, his preferred way of moving around is that he. Um, to move himself, he kind of uses his hands and pulls himself forward that way. And then he's got this seat that's attached to him behind him. And he's also nonetheless has these smuchos on his legs. Okay. Um, so Tumayan Midras, so still these leather attachments to his legs, that these leather things that are attached to the bottom of his legs, um, would still be Tame Tumas Midras. Okay. And you do not go out with them on Shabbos because they might, as Rashi says, that they might um, fall off. And you would not be allowed to go with them into the Azara. Okay? I don't know why the regular Samuchos, you would be allowed to go into that. You would be allowed to go into the Azara, but when he's got his chair, then you would not be allowed to go into the Azara. Not sure. Lukatmin Tahorin Veinyotim Ben Shabbos. The Gemara is going to explain what these Lukatmin are, but they are Tahorin, and we don't go out with them on Shabbos. Okay. Amalei Rav of Nachman Hechi Tanat. So Rav so Rav asked of Nachman. Now it's interesting. You know, I mentioned I think I don't know maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was. I mentioned that I always had a a, a tricky time understanding where exactly Rav Nachman fit in in terms of Amoraim. Was he later? Was he earlier? We had a Gemara that said that Rav, that Rav Nachman was a student of Rav and Shmuel, which basically puts him second generation like Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda. Now, I was never sure, and this is exactly why, why I was never sure. Because you have Rav communicating with Rav Nachman, right? Amalei Rav or Rav Nachman. So I never got it. I always thought maybe Rav Nachman was like third generation, like maybe, like why was Rav interacting with Rav Nachman? Like was, so sometimes it feels like Rav Nachman's earlier, sometimes it feels like he's later. Because Rava was fourth generation. And so actually, again, I looked at Janine's uh, chart that she provided. And so Rava actually was a student of Rav Nachman. And it's Ke'ilu, they like skipped a generation. So Rav Nachman was second generation Amora, student of Rav and Shmuel. And yet Rava was still a student of his. Rava, who was fourth generation Amora, was uh, a student of, uh, I think, uh, of Rava, but also of, of, of Rav Nachman. So just interesting kind of stuff. Amalei Rav Rav Nachman. So Rav said to Rav Nachman, Hey So So we learned in our Mishnah, Hakitea Yotze Bekav Shelo Divreb Mer Reb So that a Kitea, somebody who's missing one leg, he can go out with his wooden leg. Um, according to Reb Mer, Reb Yossi says it's not allowed. Apparently, it's not so simple that our version of the Mishnah is accurate. Apparently, there were others who learned the um, Mishnah the opposite. That Ein hakitea yotze b'kav shelo di Reb Meir, Rabbi Yosi Matir. 
The Rabbi Meir says that a, 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 a kitea may not go out with a wooden leg, and Rabbi Yossi is the one who says that you may. So now Rav is asking this question to Rav Nachman. Hechi tnan. So how? So what's the proper gear so far, Mishnah? Amr lelo yadaina. He says I don't know. Hilchasamai amr lelo yadaina. Rav asks Rav Nachman, what about the halacha? What's the halacha? Can a a a, a, a kitea, somebody who's missing one leg, can he go out with a wooden leg? He says I don't know. Itmar was stated. Amr Shmuel ein hakitea v'chein amr Rav Huna ein hakitea. So it was stated that Shmuel says has the girsa of Ein Hakitea, the opposite of our girsa in our Mishnah. And Rav Huna also said Ein Hakitea, which is the opposite of our Mishnah. Amr Rav Yosef, Hov Amr Shmuel Ein Hakitea, Amr Rav Huna Ein Hakitea, Ananaminus Ne Ein Hakitea. So said Rav Yosef, well, since we're in good company here, since Shmuel says Ein Hakitea, and Rav Huna understands this Mishnah as being Ein Hakitea, well, guess what? We'll also say Ein Hakitea, that does seem to be the correct uh, girsa, unlike what we actually have in our Mishnah, which is Hakitea Yotze B'Kavshel De Reb Meir Reb Yosioser. Maskifla Rava Barshira. However, Rava Barshira um, asks a question, and he says, "Lo Shmielu, did you not hear the following statement or the following episode? Really, Hademasni Le Rav Chanan Bar Rava Lechia Bar Rav Kamei De Rav that Rav Chanan Bar Rava." taught Chia by Rav in front of Rav. So Rav was there. So basically there was a discussion between Rav Hanan by Rava and Chia by Rav. And this was, discussion was taking place in front of Rav himself. Bikituna Deve Rav. And it was in this small room attached to the Besamejish of Rav. And what, what, what were they discussing? Eina kitea yotze bekavshlo div Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yossi Matir. And Rav Hanan by Rava said to Chia by Rav, he said, he was saying the Mishnah that ain hakitea yotze b'kavshel divrei Meir Rabbi Yosi Matir that a somebody who's missing one leg may not go out with uh, a a a wooden leg according to Rabbi Meir whereas Rabbi Yosi says it's permitted which is the opposite of the girsa in our Mishnah umach rav ipoch and Rav pointed out to them that it should be flipped around that the correct the accurate girsa is the opposite which is actually like our Mishnah. Right, Hakitea Yotze B'Kavshel Dev Reb Meir. The Reb Meir's opinion is that um, a, a, a somebody who's missing one leg would be allowed to go out with a wooden leg, uh, and Reb Yossi says um, he would not. No. So we just had Shmuel and Reb Huna saying that um, the gear center Mishnah is Ein Hakitea. Reb Yosef then said, "Well, if Shmuel and Rav Huna hold that way. That must make sense. So that must be the girsa. But then we said, wait a second, but Rav specifically said that the girsa is like our Mishnah, which is Hakitea Yotzei. So I'm Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak v'simona samech samech. Okay, and Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says that if you want to remember um, the order of our Mishnah, at least according to Rav, so remember Rabbi Yossi Oser. Yossi and Oser both have a samech. So if you want to remember is it Rabbi Yossi the one who says mutter and Rabbi Meir says Aser? Or is Rabbi Meir the one who says Aser and Rabbi Yossi says... No, is Rabbi Yossi... Is it, well, or is Rabbi Meir the one who says mutter and Rabbi Yossi says Aser? Well, remember that it's Rabbi Yossi who says Aser because Yossi and Aser both have a Samech. Okay? What's Rabbi Yossi's opinion? Who can tell me? Vav Shmuel Haderbei. Oh, so now the Mishnah, the Gemara continues and says, you know what? Even Shmuel who said, the opposite of our girsa, 
he actually was, you know, was Hadar. He went back on that opinion and actually in the end was in line with our Mishnah. Ditnan, as we learned in the Mishnah, Okay, Chalitza. Who can tell me what Chalitza is? Everyone here knows what Chalitza is by now, right? Chalitza is by Yibum. When you have a man and a woman, they are married and they don't have any children, the man dies, so then the um, widow marries the man's brother. That is what Yibum is. Now, if they don't want to do Yibum, then they can uh, annul this requirement by doing Chalitza, which is that she removes uh, the shoe from the brother-in-law and spits next to it, okay? So if the shoe that they were doing Chalitza with um, did not belong to the brother-in-law, he borrowed the shoe, Besandal shall eats, or what if the um, shoe was made out of wood? Oh, oh shall small biyamin, or what if he was wearing his left shoe on his right foot, right? She's got to take off the right, the, right, the shoe from the right foot. But what if he was wearing um, a, a um, what if he was wearing a left shoe on his right foot? What if he had two left feet? I don't know, we're not talking about that. But if he has his left shoe on his right foot, Chalitza Kshera, and we say the Chalitza works. No. So we see that this wooden shoe is considered a shoe. And you would be allowed to go out with it on Shabbos. Meaning if we were talking about Hilchel Shabbos. And we're saying, who would be this Tana? Who would be the one who says that this wooden shoe would be allowed, would be considered a shoe and would be allowed for, Chali- and would be allowed for Chalitza? He says Shmuel. That the author of this Mishnah by Chalitza that says that a wooden shoe is a shoe is Shmuel. No, so Shmuel says that it's Rabbi Meir. Ditnan, as we learn in our Mishnah, Hakitea Yotze Bikavshilo Rabbi Meir. The Rabbi Meir says that a somebody who's missing one leg can go out with his wooden leg because and that's Rabbi Meir's opinion, exactly the same way that our Mishnah says it, because the wooden leg would be considered a shoe. Here also, um this wooden Shoe would, would, would be considered a shoe regarding Chalitza, Rabbi Yossi Oser, whereas Rabbi Yossi says that he may not go out with this wooden leg on Shabbos. Rav Huna And even Rav Huna, who initially we had said, held that um, the Girsin in our Mishnah was the opposite, Einakitea. So even Rav Huna flipped it around to be in line with our Mishnah that Hakitea Yotze Bikav Shalom. Okay? Ditan is willing to embrace a sandal Shosayodin. Okay, a shoe that was worn by plasterers. Okay, basically pa- plasterers were working with limestone, with lime, hot lime, I guess, and furnaces and stuff. And it would um, be the the lime would not mix well with their leather shoes. It would ruin their leather shoes. So they would put on these sort of shoe coverings made out of straw. Okay, and Rashi points out that well, what we're going to see basically there's a question of can we consider straw to be like wood, okay? So, sandal shal sayadin, tame midras, so we're saying that these sort of shoe coverings made out of straw that these uh, plasterers would wear, so they are tame midras, okay? Meaning if somebody, okay, if, if the plasterer is a zav and he uh, is wearing these shoes, so the shoes will become tame, an avatuma. Visha okay? And a woman can even do chalitza when the shoe that she's using for chalitza is this sandal shasayadid. Viyotin bo b'shabes. And you can also go out with it on Shabbos. Div Rabbi Akiva. Okay? That's according to Rabbi Akiva. And 
we're assuming that according to Rabbi Akiva, uh, straw is considered like wood. And therefore, basically anything that would apply to these um, uh, shoes of these plasterers would be equally true to um, wooden shoes, okay? And we're saying, that you're allowed to go out with it on Shabbos, but nobody agreed with Rabbi Akiva. But one second, don't, but don't we have another Bryce that says that they did agree with Rabbi Akiva? So, who agreed with Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Meir. Rav Huna is saying that Rabbi Meir agreed with Rabbi Akiva because our Mishnah says that Rabbi Meir would say that um, somebody who's missing a leg is allowed to go out to Shusharabim on Shabbos with his wooden leg. So he would agree with Rabbi Akiva who says that you'd be allowed to go out with these wooden, with, with these straw plasterer shoes, which are the equivalent of wood. Whereas Rabbi Yossi would say that you would not because he says that you would not be allowed to go out with a wooden leg on Shabbos. Amr of Yosef, man lo hodulo Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. So Rabbi Yosef uh, disagrees with uh, uh, Rav Huna's understanding that the ones who agreed with Rabbi Akiva was Rabbi Meir and who didn't agree with Rabbi Akiva was Rabbi Yossi. Rather, he says, who's the one that didn't agree with Rabbi Akiva? It was Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, the Tanan, as we learn in the Mishnah. Kaveres shalkash, if you have a receptacle made out of straw, okay, some kind of uh, tube made out of reeds. Rabbi Kiva Matame. So Rabbi Kiva says it's Tame because it's like wood. He basically says that straw is the same thing as wood and therefore it's able to be Makabal Okay. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri Matayr. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri says um, it's Tahor uh, because we don't compare, we don't consider the straw to be wood and that's why it is not going to be Makabal Tuma. And in Therefore, since we don't compare this straw to wood, that is why these uh, sandal shal sayadin, you would not be allowed to go out with um, on Shabbos um, because they wouldn't be considered shoes. Implying that if, it sounds like Rabbi Yochanan Benuri though, would agree that if they were like wood, then you would be able to go out with it, I guess, like, uh, I don't know, like Rabbi Meir and like, yeah, okay, fine. Amar Mar, we said earlier, sandal shal sayadin tamay midras. So we said earlier that at least according to Rabbi Akiva, a um, sandal that is for these plasterers that they would put over their shoes so that they wouldn't get ruined. So tame midras. So if you step on them, so then you know, right? If you put if he's if he's a zav and he puts his weight on these shoes, so they will become tame midras. Halavli luchav. They've been one second, but these shoes aren't made for walking in. They're just made for covering up your shoes so that they don't get ruined by the plaster. You don't actually walk in them. So Amar of Acha by Rav Ula. So it says uh, Rav Ula that, well, that's not necessarily true. A plasterer will wear these shoes until he gets home, and therefore it's considered like he does walk in them. So we said in our Mishnah that if this uh, wooden leg has a receptacle at the top of it that you would be able to put in these like um, soft fabrics in there, so then it is able to be makabotuma because it's no longer shute kleates, right? It's a kleates with a receptacle, so it's makabotuma. Amra abaye, abaye hot gizot. Tame tumas meis vein tame midras. So it says abaye that this wooden leg that has a receptacle would be able to become tame tumas meis, okay? 
um, that if a dead body touches it, it will become Tameh. And Rashi points out that really this is um, equally true for any Tumas Maga, any Tuma that would um, get on it by touching it, whether let's say a Sheretz or something like that. But, says Abai, it would not be Makabal Tumas Midras. Okay? Um, because, uh, according to Abaye, it's, you, this is not really something that you're meant to lean on. Maybe a so, every so often he leans on it, but, you know, it's not really something that's meant for leaning on, uh, such as like a couch or something like that. So therefore he says it wouldn't be Matami Tumas Midras. According to Abaye, it's more for Noi. It's more for, he, he, you know, he doesn't want to, it, you know, he would prefer to have a wooden leg than to have no leg at all for appearance reasons. So that, so that is the point. It's a tarshit according to Abaye, but it's not really meant for um, leaning on, and therefore uh, it would not be makamel tumas midras. Rava Amar Aftami midras. Rava says even this wooden leg would be makabel tumas midras. Amar Rava Minaminala. Rava says, and how, why? How do I know? That this wooden leg will be makabel tumas midras, assuming that there's a receptacle. The tnan agala shokatin tmei midras, because we have a mishnah that says that if you have a uh, like carriage for a kid. Now this carriage apparently had two purposes. One was for the kid to play with. Maybe it was like a doll carriage, carriage or something. I don't know, but it was like a little uh, carriage for kids to play with. But at the same time, sometimes they would sit in it, and therefore. We have this thing that sort of has a dual purpose, unlike a couch, let's say, which is only for sitting on. Here's this thing that kind of has, you know, sometimes you play with it, sometimes you sit on it. And yet we're saying that it's still Makabutumas Midras. So Rava wants to argue that therefore this, uh, wooden leg, even though it's not, he's not necessarily always going to lean on it. You know, it's not meant to put all of his weight on it. He still has another leg. Uh, I don't know, you know, he, he moves around, you know, it's, it's not meant for walking. It's more meant for a tarshit. Uh, but, you do sometimes put your weight on it. Um, therefore, Rava wants to argue that it would be Makabu Tumas Midras, just like this um, children's carriage. Abai says, yeah, but it's different because um, when it comes to the baby's carriage, um, it really is meant also for, for, for sitting in, meaning there's like two purposes there. It's not only for sitting in, but it, 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 is, it is also for sitting in, and that is why it will be Makabal Tumas Midras, where as according to Abaye, he says, this wooden leg really is not for putting your weight on. It really isn't. It's really as a Tachshit. And therefore, um, it would not be Makabal Tumas Midras. Amr Abaye, Muna Aminala, and Abaye says, and why do I say what I'm saying? That, you know, that by this wooden leg, it will not be Makabal Tumas Midras. The Tanya, as we learn in Abaye, Makal Shulzikadim, Tawar Miklum. So we have a brisa that says that a, a like staff, a, a wooden stick that uh, uh, older people walk around with um, and not to lean on, not to put all their weight on, but just so that they can walk straight. Maybe their legs might sometimes get a little weak, whatever it is, but it's not really for them to mamish put, like sit on and put all their weight on it. It's more just to help them walk. And we're saying that um, it's not makabal any kind of tumma, right? Because it's not makabal tumas maga because it's pshute clay. It's just a stick. It doesn't have a receptacle. And it's not matame midras because um, it uh, you're not going to put all your weight on it. So, so, so Abai wants to compare that to this um, wooden leg, <clears throat> which also, you know, you're really not meant to put all your weight on it. Maybe every so often you do, but, 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 you know, it's more similar to this staff, this walking stick, 
that will not be that would not be makabel any tuma. Virava, Rezava responds, the Tarutse Sugya Avida, that yeah, but when it comes to the staff, it really isn't meant at all for 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 putting your weight on, it's really meant to just straighten out your steps. Whereas um, Rava's opinion is that this wooden leg really is also made for leaning on, and he leans on it, therefore it would be makabel tumas midras. It looks like, you know, Rava and Abai really just have, have have a difference of perspective. You know, meaning they're really arguing kind of apples and oranges. I think according to Rava, the wooden leg is also for leaning on, and therefore it would be more similar to this carriage and that's why it's makabel tumas midras according to him abai says it really isn't for leaning on it's more similar to a walking stick and therefore um it, it would not be makabel tumas midras and so yeah I, I don't think that there's any way to really win that argument because it's more like you know you know rava says i think it's more for leaning abai says i think it's not more for leaning and that's that fine we say that this um if he has this like chair that if you have somebody who's missing both legs and he, he's, he has this chair and he is able to sort of push himself to, to propel himself using his, his, his arms and then he has this thing that he's sitting on and that, that, and that's how he, um, um, moves around. So, Tamei and Midras. So, we said that they are Tamei Midras. Fine. We don't go out with them on Shabbos. We don't bring them to the base of Midras. Midras. So, there was a teacher who taught in front of Rabbi Yochanan. That you would be allowed to go out with this um, Kisei and Samuchin. Uh, uh, you would be allowed to go to the base of Midras. So, I'm going to say, I say that a woman is allowed to do chalitza with these things, and you say that, you, which means that they're a shoe, and you're saying that you can go with them to the azara. Tani ein, tni ein nichnasim bein azara. No, rather, what you should really teach is that you may not go into the azara with them. Okay? Lukatmin tohara, that these lukatmin, you, uh, they are tohara, and you may not go out with them on Shabbos. Um, my lukatmin, the Gemara wants to know what are lukatmin? Okay, Rabbi Bahu says it's some kind of wooden donkey that, that people would like put on their shoulders and it would look like the donkey is riding him. I think it was supposed to be some kind of funny thing for the kids. I wonder if it's only funny the first time. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. It's probably like a toy kind of thing. Okay, Rafim by Papa, Omar, Kshire. Rafim by Papa, it is these kinds of stilts. Okay. Stilts. Rav Baravuna Amar Parme. Rav Baravuna says it's Epis uh, mask. Okay. New Mishnah. Habanim Yotzin Biksharim. Okay. These boys are able to go out with Ksharim. The Gemara is going to talk about what these Ksharim are. Uvneim Lachim. And the children of kings. Bezugin. They can go out with fancy little bells. Okay. Now anybody can really go out with these fancy, fancy little bells. But we mentioned the B'nai Melachim because I guess it was more common for them to go out with fancy little bells than for their non-royal counterparts. My Ksharm, what are these Ksharm? What are these knots? Amar Adamari says Adamari. Amar of Nachman bar Baruch. Amar of Ashi bar Oven. Amar of Yehuda. Kshurei Pua. Kishurei Pua. Okay, it was some kind of... Uh, plant, root, herb that they would put into these knots and they would wear it like around their neck 
And if they were sick with some kind of episode disease, Rashi points out he doesn't know what disease this thing is, but some kind of episode disease, this um, Ksharim would assist with that. Amr Abayi, Amr Abayi says that my mother said to me, now Abayi was an orphan. He grew up in Rabba's house. Okay, Abayi was an orphan. So sometimes the Gemara references this Amrli Aim that his mother said to him. It's like his uh, like nurse, uh, I think, or the the, the 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 woman who raised him said to him. Um, Tilsa Mukme, if you were to have three of these knots on the you know around your neck, so that would just kind of you know keep the illness at bay. It wouldn't get better. It wouldn't get worse. Chamisha Masu, if you have five of these knots, it would taka heal you. Shiva Afilu Lichshafemayle. Wow. If you have seven of, seven of these knots, it's even good for spells. For, you know, if somebody put up as a spell on you, if you have seven of these knots, don't worry about it. Amr of Achabar Yankiv. Vihudilo Chazile Shimsha Visiara. Aha. So if Achabar Yaakov qualifies that it, it, it's not as simple as that. So it starts with these fancy knots. You put them around your neck. That doesn't mean it's going to work. In order for it to work, you can't see any sun. You can't see any moon. Okay, so I guess maybe like just stay in like a room without windows or something. Okay. Vilochazi mitra. Okay. Also don't see any rain. Okay. So, okay. Room with no windows. Let, so let's, so let's try this. Okay. So, let, so you're sitting in a room, no windows. So you won't see any sun. You won't see any moon. You won't see any rain. Okay. Vilochmiele kolp barzala. Okay. And you can't hear any of the sound of the clanking of iron. So maybe also make it a soundproof room. Okay. Vikaltanagolta, okay, you also don't want to hear the, the, the voice of a, uh, of, of a hen. Vikalnigare, and also the, the, um, the sounds of anybody walking. Alright, so I guess if you kind of just put on these knots and go into like a room without windows, a soundproof room without windows, maybe like a recording studio or something, uh, I guess you'll get better. Okay. I'm Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Nafal Pusa Bevir. So Rav Nachman, as far as Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak is concerned, um, you know this 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 uh, solution has basically fell in a pit. It's basically uh, too far out of reach. As far as he's concerned, it's too difficult to not see the sun, not see the moon, not see rain, not hear anything. Um, but I don't know. Maybe now we have better sort of uh, materials for blocking out noises and stuff. My area Banim. So the Gemara wants to know, but if that's the case, that it's literally just some kind of knot that you tied around your neck, so why does it say specifically Banim can go out with these things? Afilu Banos Nami. Girls can also go out with these things, right? It's just like basically to heal you. So my area Ketanim, Afilu Gedolim Nami. And how come we're specifically saying like Banim, which implies Ketanim, even adults should be able to go out with these things? So Elamai Ksharim. So rather what's Ksharim? Kiyada Amr Oven Barhuna Amr Avchama Barguria. So it's like Rav Avon Barhuna says the name of Avon Barguria, and now we're going to have a lot of statements now from Rav Avon Barhuna, Amr Avon Barguria. Ben Shiyeshlo Gaiguin Al Aviv. If you have Epis, a child who really, really misses his father, Noto Ritzuami Minol Shoyamin, so he takes Epis a um, strap from a right shoe, the Koshalo Bismolo, and he ties it on his left arm. And that is how he sort of tries to minimize this great longing that he has for his father. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak v'simanich tefillin. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak says, and if you want to remember, um, you know what this thing is, it's like tefillin that you take, you know, you use your right hand and you tie it on your left arm. So also this is like your right shoelace that you tie on your left arm. Chilufa sakanta. However, be careful because if you do it the other way, if you take, I guess, a left shoestring and put it on your right arm, 
um, then it can make your longing for your father much worse. So just make sure to put it on the right arm. Okay. Now, um, you may be asking still, what's the difference between boys and girls over here? So Rashi points out that uh, men, at least back then, tend to have a better, tended to have a better relationship, a closer relationship with their sons than they did with their daughters. So therefore, it was more likely for a son to have a great longing for his father than for a daughter too. Okay. But maybe if she did have a great longing for her father, uh, she would be allowed to as well. Or maybe it's not regular back then. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so now another thing that Avon Barhuna said in the name of Chaman Barguria, Okay. If you have Epis, a cup, and the cup was filled with hot water, you pour out the hot water from the cup, and now you're left with just a hot cup that has like steam in it. Okay, now you have a bellyache. So you could take this hot, steamy cup, flip it over, put it on your belly, and that will somehow move around your intestines in such a way that it will solve your um, digestive um, woes. You're allowed to do that. Or maybe just if you're bored. I don't know. Vamar Avim Barhuna, Amar of Ham Barguria, Mutter Lasuch Shemen Vamelech B'Shabbos. You're allowed to um, pour uh, oil and salt on your hands on Shabbos, which is interesting because... What does that mean about like lotion and stuff? I thought like you can't like use lotion for your hands and stuff on Shabbos. Maybe does this mean that you might be allowed to? I don't know. We'd have to look at, we'd have to look into that. I feel like I used to think it wasn't allowed. Then at one point I thought it was allowed. Now, now I think it's not allowed, but now I'm starting to think maybe it is allowed. I don't know. I have to look it up. Kiyadu of Huna. Yo, check this out. This is funny. Like Rav Huna Mibay Rav, when he would come back from the base measures of Rav, when, or from the house of Rav, right? Uh, Rav was Rav Huna's teacher. Rav Mibay Rav Chia, when Rav would come back from Rav Chia's house, Rav Chia was Rav's uncle and also his teacher, I guess. Rav Chia Mibay Rebbe, and when Rav Chia would come back from the house of Rebbe, because Rebbe was Rav Chia's teacher, Kiav Mivasme, and they were drunk. And they were drunk. So they would bring oil and salt and they would rub it in their hands, in the palms of their hands and the um, soles of their feet. Okay? And they said, And just like this, uh, oil will become clear uh, on our skin. May also the wine of so-and-so, the son of so and so his mother, uh, may his wine kind of go down and he will be less drunk. Be low, and if this doesn't work, or if you don't have oil and salt, take the um, seal of a barrel, like a clay seal of a barrel, soak it in water, and say, uh, just like this, um, uh, clay seal of this barrel is kind of weakening and breaking apart, so too shall the drunkenness of um, this individual uh, chill out. Vamar Avin Bar Huna Amar Ravcham Bar Guria Mutter Lechenek B'Shabes Okay, so you're allowed to I, like if you like dislocated something in your neck sounds pretty uncomfortable. I hope that it doesn't happen to any of us but you can like take some kind of cloth and then wrap up your neck in such a way that it'll like keep things straight and tight um, 
and that's what's calling, that's what's referring to like strangling yourself, so to speak. It's allowed to do that on Shabbos. You're allowed to, I think the word is swaddle a baby. If a baby is just born and its limbs are like kind of, I don't know, not so, uh, I don't know, we want to like set them in their proper place and stuff. So you can like swaddle a baby, wrap up the baby. That's okay. Rav Papa Masni Banim Ravzvid Masni Ben. So Rav Papa, so Rav Papa teaches um, Banim. And what this means is, um, according to him, Rabbi Avin uh, Bar Huna, in the name of Chan Bar Guria, he said both of these things about children. We, we said two things about children. One of them is that the um, children are allowed to go out with... Um, Oh, right. It was about tying that thing on their left arm because they long for their fathers. And also this thing about swaddling a child. So both of those were said by Avin Barhuna Amravham Barguria. Whereas Rav Zvid Masni Ben, i.e. only one of these two things pertaining to children were from Avin Barhuna Amravham Barguria. The other one was... So, one second. So, Papa Masni Banim Vitarvayu. Fine. Masni Luba Avin Barhuna. Rav Zvid Masni Ben Kamaisa Masni Ba'avin Barhuna Vahai Masni La Baraba Bar Barhana. So according to a Papa who says that both of these things about the children were um Avin Barhuna, so he says both of them are him. Um whereas Rav Zvid, who says only one of them was taught by Avin Barhuna, so he says the first one about the child longing for the father, so he wraps stuff on his left hand. So that is um Avin Barhuna, and this one about wrapping, swaddling the child is um, Rabba Bar Barhana, Da'am Rabba Bar Barhana, Lipufe Yenuka B'Shabbata Shapridami, you're allowed to swaddle a child, a baby on Shabbos. Amr Abaye, Amr Li'em. Abaye says that his mother told him, Komenyane Bishmadi'ima. So whenever you have incantations, so if you need to know the person of the, for whom the incantation is uh, being applied to, so you want the uh, his name and his mother's name. We also do this when praying for people's health, right? Right. So we take their name and their mother's name. And whenever you have these like knots that you tie for like uh, uh, healing purposes, so you do that on the person's left side. Abai says that his mother told him, Now these incantations, if it, if it, if it says in the incantation, how many times you should repeat it, so then just do what the instructions are. But if it, there are no instructions for how many times to repeat it, well then do it 41 times. What's 41? Mem Aleph. I don't know, what's 40, what's 41? Anybody know what 41 is? I don't know. Tanar Abanan, Yotin Be'evin Tkuma B'Shabbos, okay. You can go out with an Evan Tukuma on Shabbos. And Evan Tukuma was like basically some kind of uh, stone that women who were pregnant would carry around with them. And somehow carrying around this stone would help them avoid a miscarriage. Mishim Rav Meir Amru Afbe Mishkal Evan Tukuma. And Rav Meir says not only can you use the, go out with this Evan Tukuma, but even like a something that has the same weight as an Evan Tukuma that, right, that they use to weigh and, and, and determine the weight of an Evan Tukuma. Okay. Now, um, the, it doesn't necessarily have to be that this woman has already had a history of miscarriages. No, even if she doesn't. And she doesn't even have to be pregnant. I Meaning, but maybe if she will become pregnant and then she might have a miscarriage, she can go out to this Evan Tukuma. Okay. Amar Vyema Bar Shlamya. Mishmeh Dabai Vude Ichvun 
Ve'iskal. Now it says Rav Yehim Barshlam and then that you can only go out with this met with this thing as that has the same weight as this um, Evan Tkuma if it like always had the same weight. But not that if you had to like add to it to make it the same weight, i.e. it was you know initially too light, or if you had to cut away from it to make it the same weight, i.e. it was initially too heavy, then you wouldn't be able to come out with go out with it. It would have to be like a perfect weight uh, equal to the Evan Tkuma. By Abaye, Abaye asks, Mishko de Mishko my teku. Abaye wants to know, what if you have some weight that was the same exact weight of the thing that had the same exact weight of the, um, of the Evan Tkuma? Can you go out with that? And the Gemara says, I don't know, what are you hacking a Chinik? The Amr Abaye, Amr Li'em, Abaye said that my mother told me, Le Eshtabas Yoma. Okay, what do you do to, I guess Abaye's mother like knew all these remedies. Well, if you say she was like a nurse, then maybe I guess that's what she did. But, alright, well, friends, here you go. Remedy for a fever that seems to be coming back every day. Lishko Zuza Chivara. So you take a, a freshly minted coin. Vileza Lemilchasa. And then you go out to where they, um, make salt. Okay. Vilisko uh, maskale milcha, and then you take the equivalent weight of the coin. You take that amount of salt. And then you take it and you somehow make like some kind of a necklace uh, with a with one hair. You take a hair and then you kind of like um, put this salt on the hair and then you like wrap it around your neck. Um, that's what you do. Vilo, and if that doesn't work out for you. So then, what you gotta do is you gotta go sit by a crossroads. Okay? And then if you see like a really big ant, and it's carrying Epis, so take that ant that is carrying something, and put it into some kind of, um, 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 copper container. Be Evra, and then close it with lead. Vilicht gushpanke, and then seal it with 60 seals. Ulvarzule, and then what you want to do is you want to shake it. Vilidre, and you want to raise it up. Vilemale, and then you say to this, um, copper receptacle that has an ant in it. I think maybe also whatever crumb the ant was carrying. Tuunach alai utunayalach. And you say, let's make a deal. I'll take your little crumb and you take my fever. But what if you're not the first person to have been putting his fever on this ant? What if somebody else already found this ant and put his fever on the ant? And now if you're saying what you have should go on to me and what I have should go on to you, well, then you're basically just, you know, never taking the fever from this ant and putting it on yourself. So Rather, what you should do is you should say, no, my fever and your crumb should both be on you. And I should have nothing. Okay? And if this doesn't work, so then um, take a new pitcher, and go to a river, and say, Nahara, Nahara, river, river, lend me a pitcher of water. For a visitor that has visited me, i.e. this fever. Take this um, pitcher, uh, um, you know, turn it, wave it around your head seven times. Now spill out the water behind him. 
and then say to the river, 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 take this uh, water that you have given me to also viome azo. That this um, guest that has visited me, it came and is gone on the same day, so I don't need this water anymore. Um, okay, that's what you should do. What happens if that doesn't work? I don't know. And that's stuff. Samach vav masechta Shabbos, friends. So let's do a review. We started out with going out with a, a wooden leg on Shabbos. So Rabbi Meir said that it's allowed. Rabbi Yossi says that it is not allowed. And there was a whole discussion on the Gemara of is that the correct girsa or is it possible that it's actually flipped? There, Rabbi Meir says it's not allowed and Rabbi Yossi says it is allowed. Initially, we wanted to say that Shmuel and Rafuna both had it flipped, right? That ain't Yotzin, or ain't Akitea. But we basically showed that both Rav Huna and Shmuel actually um, have our girsa, which is that a person would be allowed to go out with a um, wooden limb according to a wooden leg according to a mayor, but not according to a biosi. Then we talked about if the wooden leg has a receptacle that you could put um, like fabrics in there, cloths in there. So Abai says that while it will be makabel tuma, you know, if you from touching things touching it, but not tumas midras. Whereas Rava says that um, it would also be makabel tumas midras, right? I.e., if this person was a zav and he leaned on it, so then on this limb, so then it would be uh, an avatuma. So now Abai compares um, this leg to a a walking stick that you, you know it's not really meant for leaning on, and therefore it's not makabutumas. Midras, uh, whereas Rava compares it to like this wagon of a child, which really, you know, is also made for um, leaning on it, and therefore it would be Makabutumas Midras. Uh, we talked about this Lukatman thing. We said that they're a tahor and you don't go out with them on Shabbos. We had three opinions for what Lukatman are. One was some kind of wooden donkey that, that people would uh, put on their shoulders and it would be funny. Uh, another one was stilts, and the other explanation was masks. And then we got into a whole bunch of things that, uh, you know, Abaye's, like, mother or nurse said to him, uh, about all sorts of interesting healing antidotes and stuff. I hope everybody enjoyed. Have a great day.